in church. And it is Palm Sunday, as Pastor Mark Anthony mentioned. And, and if our regulars were here, you probably would be expecting a palm branch in every one of your seats, but wasn't able to do that. But maybe grab a palm, palm branch from the back of your house or something. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Palm Sunday in just a second. But the church is the church, whether we're in the building or not. Because I know right now, folks that are normally here on Sunday morning are praying. I could see Dan and Dee, Dee praying for me right now. And I know I, I've been watching Facebook. I saw Matt Jensen posted on the on his Facebook page. It, it didn't give his great accent, you know, with the, with the with the post, but it did say if you're if you're hungry and need a meal, I'm glad to help. So the church is going to be the church, whether we're in the building or not. So I just wanted to applaud you, church, and uh, our pastors and our elders for what we're doing. And I just have a I'm I'm just grateful for to be to be here this morning on a glorious Palm Sunday. The triumphal entry is what happened on that Palm Sunday. Jesus' triumphal entry where he humbly, on a foal of a donkey, went into Jerusalem um, to fulfill a bunch of scriptures. It's just exciting to see how many scriptures he, he, he fulfilled. Like in Zechariah 9.9, 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. Folks laid out palms just like, well, not like those, those are palmettos, but laid out palms to welcome the king. Those folks probably thought they were welcoming and praising him because he was going to come in as a messianic deliverer to deliver them from Rome and and to conquer Rome. Uh, But the triumphal entry that Jesus was doing was a completely different uh, triumphal entry. It was not a triumphal entry to rule on earth. It was a triumphal entry that turned into a triumphal entry ending that was the greatest of all beginnings which leads to our message today um we're we're in this uh time of uh, words to live by in the in a in a nice bible series called words to live by and we've been focusing on hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 where it says uh looking to jesus the founder and the perfecter of our faith jesus the perfecter and and, and the uh, of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And Pastor Mark and Mark Anthony have been bringing us messages in the last few weeks uh, to focus on these last words of Jesus, our founder and perfecter of faith. Uh, for example, we looked at Luke chapter 23, through, uh, verse 34. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Pastor Mark preached from there. And Luke 23, 43. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise um, and then uh, John 19, 26 through 27, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. Pastor Mark, again, a great sermon. And then Mark Anthony uh, was in Matthew chapter 27, uh, verse 46, and Mark 15, 34. My, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then last week, Pastor Mark again with uh, John 19, 28, I thirst. Today, we're going to be focusing again in the book of John, uh, chapter 19. We've been looking at verses 28 through 30. So if you have a Bible sitting there on your lap, you've got your, your uh, cell phone on your, on your Bible app, grab them. Um, and let's look at this, John 19, 20 through 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on the hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus and that hyssop branch, it's amazing because it's all part of the Passover. Again, all kinds of, all kinds of great, um, fulfillments of God's word. But anyway, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Now he probably didn't say it with as much strength as I said it, but he said it is finished. 
And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Uh, Pastor Mark, as we were talking about this sermon, he brought that, that term, it is finished, is the Greek uh, transliteration of that is teleo. And uh, te- uh, teleo means to complete, to execute, to conclude, discharge a debt, to accomplish, make an end, to expire, to fill up, to finish, to go over, to pay, to perform. To perform the last act which completes a process, to accomplish, to fulfill. It means to finish. And so Jesus, his words there were, it is finished. Now you might think, well, what's finished? You know, it's kind of a natural question. What's finished? If it is finished, what is it? And what, what does it mean that it's finished? Or, or what does it matter that it's finished? And as I was contemplating um, those thoughts on it is finished, uh, I believe the Lord brought for, forth a few thoughts to kind of make it a little bit realer. I don't know. We'll see. And um, I thought of people at church. I was thinking about in, here in the church, people in the church, and some things that they've experienced. Um, think about Eddie and Kathy Lee who sit over here right behind me, and they they they've been uh, they 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 made a uh, put a dock in their backyard here recently on the on a, a creek, and uh, they cleared the area for the dock. Um, and when they cleared it, it, it clearly was not the dock yet. In other words, they cleared for the dock, but. The, it, there was no dock, and so they weren't able to experience what the finished product was going to be. And um, they put the pilings down, and they, they they put some wood there, and they started the structure of the dock. But but it still wasn't dock. Matter of fact, I I kind of saw the dock for the first time when it just had some planks laid on the top of it. And uh, Eddie and I carefully walked out there on the on the dock, but it wasn't finished. We we could we could have fished, but it wasn't finished. And, and we definitely one of the purposes for the dock is obviously for the grandkids to go out there and be safe out on the dock, and it definitely wasn't grandchild ready. It wasn't safe. It wasn't a place for grandchildren to be. So so really until recently when it was literally finished, were we able to see what its purpose was and, and how it could be used and what, what why they were creating the dock? It, it just did not have its fulfillment until that dock was completely finished. I think of um, also of Spin and Karen Joyner, who'd been building a house. Of, I, I followed that on Facebook, and uh, I watched the process on Facebook. And when they finished the foundation... Karen and Spin didn't start moving their clothes in and, and, and start moving their furniture in because it wasn't finished. And when they, I saw some pictures where they had the sticks up. They call them sticks, I think. I don't know. They, the, some of the wood up to where they're going to build the walls. And, um, and they didn't, at that time, you know, they weren't in there, you know, using the kitchen. Uh, they weren't, you know, doing the dishes because that, it wasn't finished. And so they couldn't fully enjoy life in their house. Until they got that certificate of occupation, really, even after the certificate of occupation, there was there were some things that happened that they weren't. And I saw on Facebook, they weren't able to completely get in. And really, until recently, life had been completely consumed by building this house, and they weren't able to do their regular life because of it. But once it was finished, that was a different story. And I think of in our small group, we've got um, our executive pastor Mark Anthony, his wife Anna, um, and they're growing a little man of God. His name's Oliver. And, and they're in full blast training mode with Oliver. I mean, I've witnessed Anna um, working with Oliver. When I, when I, might, I say, I might say, "Hey, Oliver," and, and she'll say, "Mr. Reeds is talking to you. You need to say hello." And then Mark Anthony says, "Hello, Mr. Reeds." No, I'm just kidding. Mark Anthony knows how to do that. Um, they're teaching Oliver how to do this. So Mark and Anna are, are not finished with Oliver yet, and uh, she may be working on Mark Anthony too. But definitely, both of them together are working on uh, Oliver, and they're working towards a finish line in Oliver's development to become a great man of God. I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're working for. And there will be a transition, ultimately at some point, a transition into friendship. A tr- a, and, and when that transition occurs, there's not going to be more disciplining. There's no, going to be no more need for that. 
There's, there, there's not going to, they're going to be free from all the training mode because they're going to be finished with their parenting. They'll miss it, but they'll like the end product. Oliver, a man after God's heart and their friend. And all of the work will be done. It'll be finished. And they'll be experiencing the fruit of all that effort, of everything they've done to make sure that at some point that young man, Oliver, is their friend, but ultimately a man after God's heart. Just one more thought on this. I'm, I'm trying not to belabor it too badly, but I, I thought about my own self in a, in a work situation. Uh, those that just maybe this is your first time with Christian Renewal, you don't know. I work in a nonprofit called Skylark, and we help women and families. And at Skylark, we had um, one of our church members here, Josh Bain, who sits back here. And, and he, he, he uh, came to my office to do a security effectiveness kind of check to make sure that that we could, um, if there were to be a, a, a situation at work where we needed to handle a, a, a bad situation or if we needed to handle an emergency situation or if somebody got hurt, he wanted to make sure that we were ready for those things. And we spent a day-long training with Josh, and he gave us a list, uh, probably about 25 things that we could do to enhance our security and make our, our building a better and safer place for not only us but for the clients we serve and for anybody that just happens in our office, really. And um, in addition to him, we had uh, Buck Buckner, who also attends church that's back there as well. He he came in for another type of security check to kind of, you know, help us with it. And both of them agreed that one of the things that we needed at Skylark was a camera system. So that we needed some security cameras outside the building to, and, you know, to kind of see the lay of land. And honestly, there's been some people, not in, in Georgia, but there's been other places where there have been vandalizing of, of organizations like Skylark. And so we wanted to have a little extra protection there for that. And so uh, I immediately consulted with my son-in-law, Josh, and he, Josh Lee, and Josh, um, you know, wanted to help me with this because he'd done it at his own workplace. And and so he found me a great deal with these folks, um, and and we bought like full set cam, uh, full set of, of uh, cameras for my Brunswick office, my Kingsley's office, my Jessup office. And after we bought it. Um, you know, came in. I remember what came in. I was like so excited. There's the there's the security cameras. There it is. Everything we need to to become more secure. And uh, I'll be honest with you, y'all. This was last July when these arrived in my office last July. And uh, they sat. There's a bookcase next to my my desk, and they sat right there in front of this. One for Brunswick, one for Jessup, one for Kingsland, in the box. Now, I'm, I'm here to tell you, these boxes sitting in my office on the floor were not increasing our security at all. We we had not done anything to make sure that we were going to be more secure. They were sitting in boxes. And then I don't know, just for, you know, because of everything that was going on with coronavirus, I one of our uh, staff member's husband who's an engineer he's wasn't working this week and so i thought let's let's put these cameras out you know at skylark and so he and i we started wiring them and got them all together and sure enough we got all set and we have now full camera you know all the camera things going on and and uh, i know it's working and and clearly it's finished you know as far as being able to use those cameras to have better security now, I will say this, when I walk into my office, you know, on Monday morning, um, those two other boxes will be sitting there. And so guess what? It's not completely finished yet because there's two boxes, one for Jesuit, one for Kingsland office that are just sitting there waiting to be done. So, so I'm still not at full security for my whole organization. Um, so those cameras, that's why I have this box, the cameras for Jessup or Kingsland, they haven't accomplished the purpose for which they were gathered. You know, they, they, there's a purpose for these, and they have never 
It just hasn't happened yet, right? So it's kind of like the Jewish people. The Jewish people were handpicked by God to be his people. And they had a pretty good security system. But it wasn't all finished. See, here's the deal. Every one of us has a sin problem. And the result is separation from our creator God. And the Bible clearly says we all sin. We've got Romans 3.23 that reminds us for we have all sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And that ultimately those sins um, are like money. They're, they're, they're wages. And the ultimate wage of that sin is, as it said in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So those sins that all of us deal with lead to bondage and separation from God. For centuries... The Jewish people hoped they could experience freedom from sin and a relationship with God. The high priest, as a matter of fact, who was the spiritual leader of of the Jewish people, would go before God annually, the Day of Atonement. And he would do these rites and do these things where he would go um, and and work towards the, the atonement of those sins by doing these specific rituals. And if he made it alive through those rituals on that day of atonement, God's people were forgiven. All of God's people who were seeking forgiveness that day of atonement were completely forgiven of all their sins. And then came the next day. What happened on the next day? What happened on the next sin? The separation began again. And they... If they're like me, they would be questioning, do I really know God? Am I really close to God? Do I really have a relationship with Him? What is what is this all about? And they wondered if they could ever experience freedom from sin and bondage. And in our passage in John 19.30 today, the words, it is finished, indicate that Christ satisfied God's justice. Christ satisfied God's justice by dying for all. To pay the unpayable debt of sin. These sins can never be punished again since that would violate God's justice. Sins can only be punished once, either by a substitute or by yourself. Shortly after three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus whispers hoarsely for a drink. In love, he had drained the cups, the cup of God's wrath to the dregs. Another fulfillment of the scripture. He has borne our full course. There is no debt left to pay. And he has nothing left to give. The wine moistens his mouth just enough to say these words. It is finished. And God the Son dies. It is the worst and the best of all human deaths. 1 Peter 2.24 tells us, For on this tree he bears our sin in his body. The righteous for the unrighteous that might bring us to God, 1 Peter 3.18 tells us. And now it is finished. By this he meant more than my life is over. He meant I have fully accomplished the redeeming work of my father that he sent me to do. A lifetime of sinless obedience to God followed by a horrific suffering and death that was why he came. It is finished. The meaning of what 
he accomplished was symbolized by a, by a surprising event nearby in Jerusalem. It goes back to the high priest who went before our holy God in the temple on that day of atonement. In that holy place of the Jewish temple where only the high priest could go and meet God each year. The curtain split as Jesus died. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, yielding up his spirit. This is in Matthew chapter 27. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now the curtain or veil, according to scripture, was, was white linen with twisted red, purple, and, and a blue yarn. And these um, angel images that are kind of in, 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 the, in, this, in this veil. And from what, from what historians like from that time have said that the temple, and also from scriptural records, the temple veil was 30 feet high and 30 feet wide. The veil was hung between the holy place where the priest ministered every day and the holy of holies, where the presence of God dwelt at the mercy seat. It served as a barrier between the holy God and a sinful man. So if you can imagine, basically, now I, I don't have the, I didn't, twist together the yarn. I don't have the white linen, but I do have a purple veil. So one of the colors is including. It is as though before Jesus, this was, this was the relationship with his people. And there was not much going on there. In other words, if you were, you were looking at me and I'm God, no, no, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying I'm God. Okay. Y'all, y'all know that, right? But if we're just pretending for just a second that I am back here and I'm God and, and y'all are his people. This is just not, you know, there's not a whole lot, there's not a whole lot here, you know. I mean, there's the, there's the veil, right? But what Jesus' death did, and I'm, I'm not strong enough nor will think that I'm strong enough, that 30 foot by 30 foot veil of yarn and linen ripped from top to bottom where no man could do it from the top to bottom. When Jesus, after Jesus communicated these last words, it is finished. The meaning is this. When Jesus died, when his flesh was torn, God tore from top to bottom the curtain separating ordinary people like you and me from himself. He wanted us to know him. In other words, in our vision, he wanted us to know God, to know him. He wanted us to find freedom. He wanted us to discover purpose. And he wanted us to make a difference. And the death of Jesus opened the way for the world to have intimate, holy, personal, forgiven, joyful fellowship with him. No longer behind a veil. It is finished. Jesus split open the way for direct access to God. He has become the only necessary mediator between us and God. The early church in in Hebrews said it this way. They said, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtains, that is through his flesh, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. I remember when I felt like God was behind a veil. I remember when I was living like that. I, I, I didn't feel close to him. I didn't know him. I was lost. I felt separated. Um, 
And I remember when I was about 15 years of age where I thought, well, maybe if I could just become a popular kid in school that maybe that would fulfill this aching need that I have inside. Because we all, we all have an aching need for a relationship with our Creator. We were created that way. We were designed that way. All of us experienced that. And even becoming, trying to become the most popular kid, even doing everything I could to be accepted by every person did not eliminate the separation that I felt from God. And it wasn't Him. He'd already done the work. It was finished. And the veil had been torn. But it was, it was, it was um, an opportunity for me hearing an individual communicate that I had been separated from Him and needed Him so desperately. What about you? Where are you with Him? On this beautiful Palm Sunday, do you feel separated? Do you really know Him? Have you experienced His freedom? Have you discovered your God-given purpose? And are you actually making a difference in other people's lives? I want to invite you today, if that's not you, today would be a beautiful day on this Palm Sunday for you to recognize your need for Him. That's ultimately what I did. I I recognized my desperate need for Him. And on December 19th, 1983, I surrendered my life to Christ and said, Jesus, I I accept your finished work on the cross. And I I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I want to be your kid. I want to be close to you. I want to have full access to you. I want to experience your life and your love. I want to invite you today. If you've never put your trust in Him to do that very thing. And we've, we have an opportunity, if that's something you want to do today, to text SAVED to 912-274-8874. Let me give you that number again. Text SAVED to 912-274-8874. If you've recognized your need for Him, and I want to pray for you, and then I want to pray for you, church. I'm, again, honored to be able to be part of our church. Um, it's not just in this building. We're together as a team, and I love it. So if, if, if you've never put your trust in Him, would you join me just by there by just closing your eyes and praying with me? Dear Jesus, I thank You that You hung on a cross, proclaimed it is finished, the old way of atonement is finished, that I could be fully present, in your presence, and I can fully experience your holiness, and I can fully experience the life that you intended, and I can fully know you, and ultimately find freedom from my past, and then discover my purpose that you've given me, and then be able to make a difference in other people's lives. And so, Lord, I recognize that today, and I choose to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I recognize I'm a sinner. And, Lord, thank you for forgiving me my sins. And Lord, I choose to surrender to you as my Lord and my Master. I thank you for what you've done for me. And I love you and thank you for the opportunity to serve you in Christ's name. Again, if that's y'all, if that's you, that would be you, not y'all. Y'all wouldn't be making a decision. It'd be you making a decision. Uh, text SAVE to 912-274-8874. And uh, as Mark Anthony mentioned, there's places where you can do the little con- the connect cards that are above me, below me, or somewhere around me. Um, do one of those so that so we can follow up with you because we want to. We want to we be part of your next steps in God's uh, journey for you. And I just want to pray for the church. I, I want to pray for God's provision, 
Well, let me just pray for you. And, um, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this prayer. Uh, Father, I thank you for everybody joining this morning. I, I thank you for our church. I thank you for those that may be visiting as an invitation to my church. I know my wife said she was going to visit, uh, ask the folks to visit. If you're with, with us, thank you for coming with us. And Lord, I thank you for these people that are with us this morning. And I ask your blessing upon every one of them, particularly in this time where we're uh, fighting a battle with an invisible uh, virus. Um, Lord, that you would protect every family. And Lord, in the midst of, I know there's all kinds of hardships. I've had lots of friends and lots of people. I ask for your provision for your people in the midst of, of everything that we're going through. And Lord, I ask in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the panic, in the midst of all that we see going on, in our culture and society and world, I pray for your peace. And I thank you for your promise that you said you'd give us peace. Peace you would give us, Lord. And I thank you for your peace. And I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for being with us. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. And uh, looking forward to seeing you as soon as we can and, and giving you a hug. God bless you.